You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. Let's start today's episode with a common problem that the normal mind has. I was only talking earlier today to a client who actually should know better, by the way, who told me that with a couple of days to go, he was really looking forward to 2022. What's wrong with that? Well, it's exactly the same as it's Monday and I'm looking forward to Friday because it's not Monday and the weekend will be on hand. I'm really looking forward to my holidays. I'm really looking forward to doing this, that, or the other. I'm looking forward to losing weight, for example, in the new year. And and that's a real life example. Why would you look forward to something that you should actually be doing now? Leave Leave that question hanging there for just a minute. The key problem with looking forward is you're not present. Mm-hmm. And your life is lived in the present moment. So if you're looking forward to anything, you're taking some of your attention away from the only place and time that you exist and the only time and place where you can do what you need to do to enjoy yourself and live your life to the full in the here and now. It's the only place and time you can do it. Okay, you might have goals for the future. You might, God help us, as we'll see in a minute, have New Year's resolutions for 2022, but they haven't happened yet. And, you know, God help you again, you might be saying to yourself, but if I don't have New Year's resolutions, how will I know what steps to take? How will I know what plan to put in place to achieve my goals and objectives? That, my friends, is what this particular podcast episode is all about. And we need to debunk certain things pretty much straight away. As I said a minute ago, if you're looking forward, you're not present. You're only encouraging your thinking mind. Your thinking mind will think about the future. As somebody said to me a couple of weeks ago, she said, I spend most of my time daydreaming about the goals that I haven't achieved yet, which means she's never going to achieve any of her goals for the simple reason that she spends most of her time in the future. That just encourages the thinking mind to do what it does best think. Unfortunately, when the thinking mind thinks, it gets in our own way and splits our attention between the past, the present, and the future. Neuroscience and decades of psychological experiment and research would confirm that split is mainly into the past, some of it into the future, leaving almost nothing for the present, which is the only place and time where you can put your best foot forward and live your life. That's actually just a statement of fact. You can't live tomorrow until tomorrow is now. And there's no point in trying to live yesterday because it's gone. Now, the problem that the normal mind has, of course, that is when I talk about it living in the past or giving your attention to the past, I'm not talking about yesterday or the day before or the week before. I'm talking about decades ago when you were young and impressionable, because that's the stuff that is uses to enable you, first of all, enable you to survive today, but enable you, if that's the right word, not turn up to your life here and now, 
by splitting your attention between the stuff that's enabling you make it through the day in the past and wondering or worrying about or looking forward to the future. That's the first thing we need to debunk straight away. Of course, the other thing about your mind and in particular your subconscious mind, your being mind and your doing mind, the real you, if I can put it like that, is that even though your thinking mind thinks about and dwells in the past, worries about and casts your mind forward to the future, leaving almost none of you available to the here and now, the subconscious mind, the essence of you, doesn't understand what either psychology or indeed quantum physicians call the arrow of time. To your subconscious mind, there is no past, present, future. There's only now. So if you're thinking about the past, which is where most of our thinking mind is engaged, and as I said, thinking about your dim and distant past, that thinking exercise facilitates your mind thinking that what was done to you and for you in the past is being done to you and for you in the present. So and you need to bear that in mind because this is key to how we set our minds to achieve, not our goals and objectives, certainly not our New Year's resolutions. This is key to how we set our mind to effortlessly do what we need to do to get us to where we want to go. Now, there are a couple of issues I have with a couple of the words that I've just mentioned, in particular the word want, but obviously we need some handle some kind of language that we can use to describe what effectively is often beyond normal everyday language. The, the problem that I have with the word want is that the part of you that will enable you get what you want out of life doesn't understand the word want, because want is a word about something that you don't have in the present. And because that part of your mind only lives in the present, it doesn't understand, oh, I want this. So wishing hoping and wanting are words that the part of your mind that enables you achieve your objectives does not understand. The subconscious mind only understands have, am, now. Now it understands an awful lot more than that, but the key point I'm trying to make in that short sentence is that it only understands tangible present words doesn't understand future words. So wishing, hoping, and wanting to achieve your goals and objectives in 2022 isn't going to hack it. Setting goals in the way in which your normal mind sets goals, in the way in which we've been taught to set goals, all the way back to our childhood, when we were told, oh, if you're going to achieve this, you have to do that, this, that, and the other to get there. Setting your goals that way doesn't work either. Because again, you're talking about the future. I made a comment a couple of weeks ago about the nonsensical questions that people recruiting other people for jobs ask of them. Uh, in particular, I have a hang up about HR people, but that's neither here nor there at the moment. One of my clients who is head of HR for a particular organization who will remain nameless for now says in most organizations, HR stands for hate and revenge. But we might have another session on that. I want to talk about New Year's resolutions and the futility of it all in this particular episode. So to recap so far, the bit of you that will enable you achieve what you really want to achieve, what your heart desires, doesn't understand the past, the present or the future. It only understands the here and now. 
It only exists, in fact, in the here and now. In fact, the universe only exists in the here and now, but be that as it may, the part of you that you are depending upon to enable you to do what you need to do to get to where you want to go is actually flummoxed by you wishing, hoping, or wanting. Wishing, hoping, and wanting on their own are no better than fantasizing or daydreaming. Even if you had a plan to achieve what you wish, hope, and want to achieve, that is not going to enable your doing mind to do what it needs to do. Because looking at it like this, you and I were taught that say I am a certain weight and I want to lose, say, a quarter of that weight, say I'm well overweight. Uh, an awful lot of people with whom I work over the years have, when I met them first, been well overweight or, or obese. They're not anymore, by the way, but that's neither here. Well, no, it is, it is here and there, to be quite honest. I was going to say it's neither here nor there. They use the part of our mind that we're actually talking about engaging to enable them to lose weight. They did not set a goal to lose X amount of weight. They did not say, I am at Y weight at the moment and I need to get to X, so I'm going to have to go through these 10 steps. No, because your being and doing mind only understands the present tense, they created a picture, a visualization, if you like, for this part of your mind that showed it what you are like, not would be like or will be like, what you are like when you have lost the weight. This is a visualization or a picture that gives the part of your mind that we're talking about, the subconscious mind, the doing mind, the being mind, gives it the emotion or feeling or sense of achievement or excitement that goes with it seeing the picture now. This is how we set our minds. There is a load of recent research that shows you set your mind listen to me very carefully, by handwriting what you want as if you already have it. I'm going to explain more about that in a minute. This is not, I repeat, not like some of the rubbish you've read in books, like, for example, The Law of Attraction or The Secret that says that is all you have to do. <laughs> that's bizarre if you actually think about it you know as somebody said to me a few years ago oh so are you saying having read those books are they saying that all i have to do is handwrite that i've won the lottery and not bother buying a ticket and expect it to happen no a man or woman's got to do what a man or woman has got to do so that's only the start the start of the process Indeed, me describing it as visualization is overly simplistic as well, because we don't just see our life experiences. We see them, we feel them, we hear them, we smell them, and we taste them. And perhaps most importantly, we feel them. The part of your brain that is going to enable you effortlessly, again, listen to the words I'm choosing, is going to enable you effortlessly do what you need to do to achieve what you've already seen in your mind's eye is the hippocampus, the emotional seat of the brain. The part of the brain that once it gets its teeth into the feeling of the experience of what it is like to already have achieved what you want to achieve, bearing in mind what I said about want earlier on, that part of your mind, once it gets that feeling, will if you let it spring into action and enable you to do right, 
just the right things and enable you to avoid doing anything that would get in your way. Now, I've said if you let. Let's take a step back for a minute and explore exactly what we need as human beings, you and I, to live the kind of life we would effortlessly love to live. Number one, we need to be present. Present enables us to stop feeding the thoughts that tell us the stuff I'm writing down is unrealistic or that I don't deserve it. Being present stops me feeding the thoughts that give me all my perceived inadequacies. Once I starve those resident evil thoughts of my energy and attention, they are nothings. They no longer have any power over me. But that's only part of the reason we need to be present. The more important reason for being present is that it enables me free of those thoughts, know what's going on, and know exactly what I need to do in the moment to get me to where I've already seen myself in my mind's eye. So in other words, there are two parts of this. And if you listen to the sentence that I constantly and frequently use in these podcast episodes, you will understand the two pieces involved. Because I'm always talking about doing, which you have to do now, what you need to do, which you have to do now, to get to where you want to go. In other words, you need to know where you want to go. Let me put it in the English that actually matches what we're talking about in this episode here. When I'm present, I know. I don't have to think about it, I just know. I know exactly what I need to do to get to where my subcortical brain has already seen me because I gave it a psychological snapshot of my choosing, which is obviously completely different from the psychological snapshots that we took when we were young and impressionable. It's, it's, it's of my choosing. It's a completely different ballgame. And I give it that snapshot by the handwriting to which I referred a moment ago. So I need to handwrite not just what I see. In particular, I need to handwrite what I feel, because as I said a minute ago, it's the emotive bit, the emotional bit, the, the excited bit of the brain, the turned on excitement that will enable you effortlessly do what you need to do. Let's pause for a moment and consider a question that I'm frequently asked. Why does this part of the brain not enable me do what I need to do anyway? Or even how does this part of the brain go about doing that? I want to go back to evolutionary times. I want to go back to when we were hunters and gatherers. I want to go back to the point where our minds developed, where the neural pathways in our brains evolved to the structure that 96% of the people on this planet are carrying around with them at the moment between their two ears. This structure enables the parts of the brain I've already been talking about, the doing part of the brain. It enables me do exactly what I need to do in any circumstances to achieve what is actually hardwired into that emotive, feeling, excited, turned on part of the brain. What would excite you more when you were a hunter-gatherer 
than getting away from the man or woman eating tiger and making it back, first of all, safe and sound to the camp. But you'd be making it back safe and sound to the camp as something of a hero with a tale to tell. Isn't that exciting? Of course, the fact that you'd be still alive is even more exciting. But, but there you are. Unfortunately, we take that for granted in the sure and certain knowledge that one of these days it's not going to be the case. But that's, that's another day's work. Hopefully, hopefully it's another day's work. That simple example from when we were hunter-gatherers gives us a clear understanding, insight, and working example of how this part of the brain works. If I found myself confronted by a man or woman eating tiger, the hippocampus that I mentioned earlier on will immediately reference its 3D map of where I'm standing and know without thinking about it, what I need to do to get out of there alive. By the shortest possible route, by the route that expends the least energy. In other words, the effortless route. Roll forward to late 2021 or almost 2022. This part of the brain still does exactly the same thing, but the key difference is what I said a moment ago is that that did that part of the brain did all this seven, eight, nine, ten thousand years ago without thinking about it. We think too much as modern human beings. We analyze everything to death. We are constantly overthinking. We're either thinking about the past, as we said earlier on, or we're thinking about the future, looking forward to the future. Either way, the thinking stops us doing. At its most basic level, the normal human being is constantly thinking about how inadequate they are. Why? Because that automatic thinking keeps them on their toes and reserves the precious attention that they will otherwise need should that tiger leap from the bushes. So it's only thinking that gets in your way. It isn't the thoughts. It doesn't matter what thoughts you have in your head about how inadequate you feel or what people did to you or for you when you were young and impressionable or what happened yesterday or what might happen tomorrow. Because that's all in the realm of fantasy, as I said earlier on. It's not happening now. The only thing that is getting in your way of doing just what you need to do to get to where you want to go is how you are thinking, the, the fact that you're actually thinking instead of being and doing. And that's why I keep referring to the subcortical brain, the insula and the amygdala, as the being brain or the doing brain, the effortlessly doing brain. Now, as I said, there are two pieces to this. It's what I refer to in my online program as the two-piece jigsaw. And, you know, nothing is, could be simpler than a two-piece jigsaw. I suppose a one-piece jigsaw could be, but then it wouldn't be a jigsaw, would it? This is, this, this is all you need to live the kind of life you want to live. The first piece of the jigsaw is I need to turn up to the here and now. There's only one scientifically validated way that is established as being the route to being present in the here and now, and that is meditation. Being in the here and now stops me thinking, because instead of thinking, I am. Instead of thinking about who I am, 
I just am. Instead of wondering what might happen next, I just am. Instead of worrying about how I deal with something that hasn't happened yet, I just am. Let me give you a really simple example of that. I had a conversation a while ago with a client who was worrying about an upcoming important meeting she had with her boss. And she said, how will I say the right thing? I said, you don't worry about it now. What you do is turn up to then and the right thing will occur to you because that is how this part of the being and doing mind actually works. She said, what if he says this? What if he says that? What if, what if, what if, what's that? Thinking or worrying about something that hasn't happened yet. How do you arm yourself for a forthcoming conversation like that? You arm yourself with an understanding of what you're trying to achieve, which is the second part of the jigsaw, and you turn up to the here and now, which is the first part of the jigsaw. If the subcortical brain, the hippocampus in particular, knows what you're trying to achieve, i.e surviving 10,000 years ago. And, you know, in a manner of speaking, if you're having a difficult conversation with your boss, we're still talking about survival, aren't we? So if this part of the brain knows what you're trying to achieve, if you stop thinking, it will just do. But you have to be present, A. And B, you have to know what you want out of the situation in which you find yourself. So, you know, the difficult conversation with the boss, that's an easy one. Of course, she knew what she wanted out of that conversation. It was easy to set her mind to handwrite how she felt after the meeting, how good she felt, how excited and turned on she felt after the meeting. That was easy to do. The big problem with people in general is they don't know what they want. She knew exactly what she wanted and what was, in effect, a very simple situation. What do you want out of life? Now, you may think to yourself, I want a bigger car or a bigger house. That's because you look around you and you see people of whom you might be a bit jealous, which, of course, is a normal, crazy thought. You look around and you look at these people and you say, I want some of what they have. No, you don't. You want something that turns you on specifically. It may be that. It may not be that. But the one thing I know for sure that everyone with whom I've worked over almost 26 years wants is to be at peace in their own mind, to be happy in their own skin, to be in flow, to be excited, to be full of the joys of life without a care in the world. Now, all the other stuff can be the other 998 pieces that are surrounded by the two pieces of the jigsaw. That's up to you. But you don't wish, hope or want for that stuff. You set your mind for the excitement and the happiness and the peace of mind and the carefreeness that I mentioned a minute ago. And the doing part of your brain fills in the blanks. As I've said to somebody recently, you don't even need the four corner pieces of the thousand piece jigsaw that will make up the fabric of the wonderful life that you really, really want. You only need the two pieces I've just mentioned. Number one, I'm present. And number two, I know why I'm present. If you handwrite what you want as if you already have it. Now, again, listen to this carefully. Say you handwrite what you're looking at. The visual cortex in the brain will be activated as if you're looking at it for real. Say you're handwriting what you hear. The auditory cortices in the brain will be activated as if you're hearing it for real. Here comes the punchline. If you handwrite how you're feeling, the hippocampus 
will be activated as if it is feeling it for real. The psychological snapshot has been taken. What do you need to do after that? You need to turn up to the here and now. What do you not need to do? Think, second guess, wonder. Trip yourself up by overthinking all over again. This leads me to the final point I want to make in today's podcast in relation to what we started out talking about, New Year's resolutions. There's no point in writing down, I wish, I hope, or I want. There isn't even any point in writing down, I will be X pounds lighter, or I will be this shape, or I will be fitter, or I will be wealthier, for example. There's no point in writing any of that down. What you need to do is, first of all, take the will be out of it, take the wishing, hoping, and wanting out of it, and write down, I am. I'm here. I'm having fun. It's wonderful. I am joyful as a result of what I have achieved without necessarily having to write down what achievement gave you this feeling. Because as I said a minute ago, let your doing mind fill that in. Your doing mind actually knows best, as exemplified by the example I gave you earlier on of how to get out of the jungle in a threatening situation. It knows what to do, which leads me to another important point. You might think that you are at A at the moment, and one of your New Year's resolutions would see you at H. So you will, in your own thinking mind, say, I need to achieve B, C, D, E, F, and G to get to H. No, you don't. You need to see yourself at H and leave the subconscious, subcortical brain, the hippocampus in particular, leave it to do what it does best. Get out of its way. How do you get out of its way? As I said a few minutes ago, meditation is the only surefire scientifically validated way we have of being present and of getting out of our own way by disengaging the automatic pilot which uses our thinking mind, which abuses us. All the way back in the 1940s and 50s, psychology knew that this part of the brain was cybernetic. It's like a heat-seeking missile. Give it the coordinates and it'll go fetch. It'll go fetch effortlessly. There's a load of more recent research from the field of neuroscience in relation to how that works. You don't need to know the science. You need to start living this stuff. So as we approach the new year, I have a very particular exercise for you. I want you to get a sheet of paper, just a single loose leaf sheet of paper and a pen, obviously you're gonna need a pen to write. And I want you to take a little time to reflect on this before you put pen to paper. But what I am asking you to write is this. It is coming up to New Year's Eve at the end of 2022. We're heading into 2023. And I want you to write about how wonderful it is to be at that day where, not where you are, you might fill in some details, it might be warm and cozy by the fire, you might be on a, a, a sun-kissed beach, 
you might be warm. I mean, I don't know too many people who write what I call perfect moments where they're freezing their backsides off. But the point I'm making is you write down what you're seeing, feeling, hearing, smelling and tasting on that day that you pick coming up to this time next year. You write it as if you are experiencing it, full stop. In particular, you write how joyful, how excited, how turned on, how wonderful, how relaxed, how carefree and how flowing you are. I won't wish you a happy new year. Your life is what you make it. I will wish you a happy new you in the here and now. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-horton.com.